What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod, on YouTube at March 4th Pod. My website is march4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you found us somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition of the March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast. I really... Really, truly am grateful for all of the love and support of the show, man. Uh, again, I'm just uh, I'm blown away by everybody who continues to like and subscribe, leave a rating and review on Apple, Spotify, everybody who tells their friends about the show. Thank you so much. It's been really cool to see it build over these past few years. It's been a weird couple of years on a personal level, but on a professional level and just on a podcast level, things have been really awesome, man. So... Uh, I just want to say thank you once again to everybody who's listening and everybody who's subscribing. All of those things mean a lot, and not just to me, but all of the really awesome independent artists and up-and-coming artists that I get to talk to on this show as well. Man, I think that's what's been really cool for me is being able to be a platform where I can help put some more eyes and ears onto some really awesome you know, artists out there who are doing their thing and, and also, you know, colleagues and friends of mine that, that maybe you weren't aware of. Um, so th- those things all really mean a lot to me. It's, it's cool to be able to get the chance to talk to people from all walks of life, to see downloads from all parts of the world with this show. And I do all of this out of my dining room <laughs> in my apartment, man. Uh, so as a one-man band myself putting together this podcast, uh, once again, I just can't thank you guys enough for the love and support uh, of the show. It truly means a lot, and I really hope that you guys are all doing well out there, man. Like I said, it's been a it's been a weird, weird couple of years for me um, on a personal level, just going through heartbreak a few years ago, a couple of years ago now, and, uh, you know, the death that followed in my life after that, and, and uh, you know, recently the ending of of uh, another relationship in my family between two people who I love very much. Um, it's just all strange, man. You know, truth is, is stranger than fiction. There's no doubt about it. But at the same time, that's when you lean on the people closest to you in those difficult times. That's when, you know, you reach out to the people you know you can trust with anything, you know, and you know they have your back uh, and you have theirs, you know what I mean? So I'm, I haven't been alone in, in my struggles the last couple of years, but you know, this show has really been a great uh, a great anchor in the midst of uh, choppy waters, let's say, over the last couple of years, man. And uh, I just feel really grateful to be able to connect with all of you. Um, so thanks again. And, and if you're interested in getting in touch, once again, you can give me a shout on Instagram at March 4th Pod. I'm pretty good at getting back to people. Sometimes I forget. Please don't take it personally. I get pulled in a lot of different directions, man. So uh, if if I don't respond, it, it wasn't negligence, uh, you know, uh, willful negligence. It was just me getting caught up doing five different things at once, man. So, but I'm doing good, man. I'm healthy. I'm happy. Uh, I'm gonna get a chance to see some family and friends back home where I'm from here soon. Shout out Tropic Bombs. They've got a show coming up. So anybody in the Ohio or Midwest, 
Uh, Frankie's is reopening, uh, to my understanding, on, on at least a limited basis. And, and this is their first show in like four or five years or something crazy, man. So uh, I wanted to get back home. And I needed a vacation in general, man, just between work, stress, and like uh, not having really taken a proper vacation in over a year. I really needed a chance just to – and even this isn't really of a, a, a true vacation, but it's an opportunity for me to just kind of – turn things off for a few days. Uh, the pod is still going to be going as scheduled. So still doing three Tuesdays a month right now on the way to weekly. That is the goal. And, and I'm getting ever closer to that. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I hope that everybody's taking care of themselves. And like I said, man, as somebody who's been through a lot these past couple of years, seeing people close to me going through stuff, you know, in life, there's always going to be ups and downs. There's always going to be storms. There's always going to be waves, but those storms and those waves teach us about ourselves and you're not the same going out that you were when that storm was coming in you know but but there's always lessons there to learn if if you're willing to to learn them you know and I think I've learned in my years man that that's so much of life is just learning how to tune your antenna to the right channel and to the right frequency um and and you know your input definitely determines your output with the food you eat the things you drink um the substances you put in your body uh, the, the things you ingest digitally with social media, with streaming, all that stuff. I mean, all those things create your thoughts, your thoughts create actions, and your actions create your reality, man. So not to get too trippy, but, you know, if you are in the need of, of having a channel change, uh, once again, just, you know, re- remember the people who do who do love you, who are close to you, who do stick by, and, uh, you know, stay in touch with those folks, man. Because even when you fall off or even if they fall off, when you pick it back up, man, it'll be like you you just talked five minutes ago. Shout out to my buddy Andy Langston. I got a chance to catch up with him recently. We hadn't talked in, gosh, probably like a year. And he's been through a lot too. And it was just, you know, it's just, you know, it's one of those things. It's like I've known that dude since we were 14 years old. I've known him almost 21 years since we started high school. So, you know, again, man, um, that old quote, tough times don't last, tough people do. It's very true. So whether you're up, whether you're down, whether you're doing all right now, right now like like me, all right, all right, all right. Um, you know, just keep keep moving forward, man. Just like this show, March 4th. That's what it's all about. Persevere, move forward, keep on trucking, keep on keeping on, and uh, fight the good fight. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your dreams. And, and know it gets better, man. I, I've, I've had some really, really low, dark moments, some of the darkest of my life, truthfully, over these past couple of years. And um, I couldn't do it without all of the the love and support that I have for my family and my friends and and, and this community that I'm trying to build with this show. So I'm living proof that things get better, man. And uh, there's a lot of good people. And speaking of good people and good connections, this week's guest is one that I'm really excited about because it's a first for this podcast. You know, as you guys know, or maybe you don't know if you're a first time listener, once again, welcome aboard that pirate ship. Shout out to the Goonies. That's where that reference comes from. Um, but uh, I feature a lot of musicians on this show, and just because selfishly I love music, and um, I get a chance to talk to a lot of independent artists because uh, we're we're kind of in the same boat, you know. I, I feel like I'm building up, and, and they're building up as well, so it's a mutual thing. But beyond content on on both our ends, it's also the relationships that you build, and the friendships that you make, and the connections that you make. And uh, one of the 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 people that you're going to hear on, on this 
this show today is a guy who I have a, a ton of respect for, and I have a ton of respect for the other folks as well. But just to give you a little background about me and this dude, we first got in touch, gosh, almost two years ago, at least a year and a half ago, towards the end, I think, of 2021. Um, and he's been on the show multiple times. He's a musician, he's a filmmaker, producer, uh, you know, documentarian. Uh, he wears a lot of hats, and um, uh, I have a lot of respect for him. But this show is the first time that I am actually going to give you guys brand new music that you've never heard before, and it's actually cool enough uh, of the artist to 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 be able to partner with this show to have those songs come out before the actual release. So this is a first. So if this is your first time listening to the show, this is a first for this show in that we are actually premiering a brand new EP from the band Slingshot out of California. And right now their current lineup is Dylan on guitar and vocals, Cheyenne, who goes by Shira on her stage name. She does vocals, Annalise, who plays drums, and Armand, who plays bass and also does backing vocals. Their EP, Dawn of Decline, is coming out this Friday, June 23rd, but you will hear every single song including some background on the making of it in this episode. And that is courtesy of Dylan, the guy I was just talking about in my my build-up to everything I just said. But uh, Dylan Baumgartner is a really good dude, um, again, based in California. And he reached out to me via Instagram a couple years ago. And his company is Realverse Productions. And like I said, they do all kinds of cool stuff. The links will be in the podcast description for this episode. But just a great guy, uh, a fellow creative, a fellow independent, really DIY to the core type of dude. Excuse me. And um, I just have a ton of respect, like I said, for for what he does. I mean, he loves movies. He makes films. Uh, he, he did a documentary uh, last year, which um, he came on this episode to talk about. Um, does music with the, with his band Slingshot, who who we're talking about today on this episode. Um, he just, he's just a really, really awesome dude, really creative guy and really kind and really down to earth. You know, um, he, he did his, his buddy Keith Allen's EP had Keith on the show last year, shout out Keith. So it was cool to get Dylan back on and he reached out to me, um, in the lead up to this episode and he said, Hey Mike, I think it'd be really cool. Um, if you're interested, we'd, we'd love to premiere the EP on your show. And I really felt honored, you know what I mean? Because like I said, it's, if you guys know what musicians are like, they're very protective of songs not getting out there, releases not getting scooped before they get a chance to build the marketing campaigns and everything around them, even independent artists, even you know, even beyond artists who are like national, international bands, right? Like you want to make sure that you can do things on your terms. So the fact that these guys were kind enough to say, and Dylan was like, yo, dude, we want to we wanna premiere it on the show. I really felt honored. And we thought about maybe trying to do a live stream, but weren't able to get that worked out, but it still really worked out because we were able to get Dylan, Cheyenne, Annalise, and Armand, like I said, the, the current lineup of, of Slingshot, who performs on this EP, you know, to, to talk about the breakdown of the songs. They recorded it with Chris Sia of Split Image um, and his low-budget productions. He produced and recorded them. Shout out Chris. He's a great dude. Chris, you guys will also recognize because he was on the debut single for this EP, which is Night of a Thousand Tears. You can hear Chris's vocal handiwork on that one. But this EP, uh, Dawn of Decline, 
like I said, officially out 623. It's going to be five songs. And the track listing is as follows. Calamity Ganon, Night of a Thousand Tears, Colombian Supremo, Street Cat Bob, and It's Turbo Time. And you're going to hear every single one of those bad boys today, three days before the release. We break down the EP, what it was like recording with Chris, uh, the current lineup of Slingshot, this this vibe of this EP, if you guys are familiar with Slingshot, is uh, quite different from some of the previous releases and, and a completely different uh, sound and vibe compared to Strawman. Um, so it was really, really interesting to talk to these guys about it. Definitely more of a punk vibe to it. And uh, it was just fun to, to get all these guys on the podcast and have a great conversation. So without further ado... I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Dylan, Cheyenne, Annalise, and Armand of Slingshot. Here it is. All right, you guys. Well, thank you again so much for taking the time to do this and for, uh, you know, doing me the honors of, uh, let me put the EP out on the show before its official release for people to to listen to this a few days beforehand, man. I, I I'm truly honored and humbled. Uh, Dylan, I think our paths crossed like a little over, maybe like a, a little year plus year and a half now. Um, yeah. Was it towards the end of 21? I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. The first interview I did with you, that was, um, that was yeah, like September, like yeah, like some summer twenty twenty one, and then since then, I think I've been on your show like two or three other times. Yeah, because we had uh, you and Stephen were on a show. We did like a horror episode, and then we did one for Keith CP right. when that came out, and I think that was a little over a year ago. Um, yeah, man, it's. it's- one with uh chris and joey yeah about the tour doc yep. yeah and that was that was i think that might have been my first episode this year actually in january and you did you did a cool uh graphic for that by the way too thanks again for that but so yeah man i'm happy to get you and the rest of slingshot on here so i guess we'll just start there you guys for for people who uh, aren't aware of you um let them know what your name is and what you play in the band. And then that way, when you guys are speaking, they know who's talking officially on the record, officially official. Uh, I guess I'll start. Uh, I'm Dylan. I play guitar and I do some backup vocals. Uh, I'm Annalise and I play drums. I'm Cheyenne, but I go by Shira on stage and I do vocals. Uh, I'm Armand Murillo. I play bass guitar, and I also do backup vocals. So this this iteration of uh of Slingshot is this the first time all you guys are on this EP together? Because I know I know Dylan over the years you've had uh di- you know different versions. Well, I don't know if versions is the right word, but yeah. this this EP is is uh. As we'll get into, the sound of it is 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 much different than Strawman. But is this the first time all you guys are playing together on this one? Yeah, th- this one was like the way that like a normal band operates, where <clears throat> like before with the Strawman stuff, um, I 
basically wrote recorded everything by myself and then would get other people involved like vocalists and stuff and then when we played live i like taught my friends like how to play you know the bass parts and the guitar parts and stuff um but like allowed for you know um things to be like changed and altered uh for like the live version um but for for this uh version of slingshot um yeah we just started jamming together me uh armand and annalise and um yeah and then just i would come in with some riffs and uh i had some like demos but the demos sound nothing like the the final product which was sort of the uh the goal um but yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed this process like way more than just doing it alone in in a closet <clears throat> we, we would all get together and just kind of jam out like a, a basic idea and then it would just evolve from there and uh, it just worked out really well i think uh, we kind of produced an interesting sound and hopefully we can hone that in yeah i really i really enjoyed how it came out and chris uh produced and recorded you guys right yeah at low budget productions yeah man what was it what was it like working with him i mean obviously you know like you mentioned you know i had you guys on for the the tour doc episode but um recording with him um and and getting him even on uh, night of a thousand tears like what was that process like just doing the cp with him um it was honestly sorry uh, it was honestly, it's okay. um he was really patient when it came to the recording sessions which i'm very thankful for because like i'm very very picky about like how i sound and he just let me like record a hundred billion times because I was just never satisfied. But on top of that too, like he gave us a lot of really good pointers and ideas. And I know like I wrote a lot of the lyrics and like he his vocal style was in line for certain songs. So asking him to like be be a part of one of them was a no brainer for me and I'm really glad that he did because his vocals with Armand's vocals just work so well. Yeah, and it was really nice because, like, uh, like we all know Chris and have known him for a while. Um, so he's he's just you know one of our buddies. Um, and uh, yeah, he allowed us to like just kind of experiment and try stuff, even if it was like a funny, stupid idea. He would uh let us um let us try things out. Um, and uh. I just feel like in like a normal like if we would have booked time at like a a different studio where we didn't really know the people we were recording with, we would have probably felt more like stressed to get things done time and like probably not as open to like experiment with stuff. Um, but yeah, Chris would he would let us you know like record like vocal things that are just like silly that <laughs> make the the cut. At the end of the day, we were just kind of like hanging out. And then and then making music. <laughs> yeah. We did we did a lot of laughing yeah. while working. Well, I think it came out great and and um obviously the vibe is a lot different, like we were talking about than straw man, you know, and I, I would guess I mean I hate putting stuff in a box because I, I I think there was a lot of really cool experimentation in the previous slingshot work, but I would say overall straw man definitely had like I guess what you could classify as an indie sound, right? And this is definitely, I would just put it right in the, 
right in the, the the punk end of things like what what influenced that was that just kind of the stuff you were vibing at the time did did any of it kind of come from doing the uh doing the tour documentary and, and being around like more more aggressive music it, it, was that kind of an influence um yeah uh i mean i because around the time that i did the tour doc um that's when slingshot was playing shows and i was playing with and um shira and uh the stuff that we were playing like it was fun like um but um we're we wanted to play more like energetic stuff like high energy um and uh yeah so just i think a mixture of that and then a mixture of like um sort of like my music taste kind of changing and then also going on the the tour and seeing you know, uh split image and psychomantis uh and all the other bands that they played with. Um, yeah, I think a mixture of just all those things is what sort of influenced, uh, at least like me personally to, uh, you know, uh, just have like heavier, heavier music. <clears throat> and then as far as like the, the track listing, right? So it's, it's five songs. It's going to be out when people hear this in three days, officially it'll be out for everybody to hear uh, on, on June 23rd. But Right, Calamity Ganon, Night of a Thousand Tears, Colombian Supreme, Street Cat Bob, and it's Turbo Time. Um, what what was it like as far as putting together like a vibe for the track listing for this? Like, is that is is that a challenge when you guys finally get the songs in the bag as far as uh creating sort of like a start to finish? Uh, I don't think so. No. Can you use that in a sentence? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel like uh, for Calamity Ganon, I feel like we kind of always knew that that was going to be like the first one. Yeah, like an intro song. Yeah, and one of our harder ones, like Night of a Thousand Tears or Street Cat Bob, was always going to be like towards the end, just to kind of like end it with a boom, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like we, we, I think pretty early on we knew that Night of a Thousand Tears was going to be the single that we put out, um, and. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but usually in a track listing, you're supposed to put like your most, like whatever the single is as like either the first or second song mm -hmm. on the track listing. And then the the rest of the track listing was, um, uh, I think, I don't, I mean, do we all collectively make the track listing or is that? No, <laughs> no but I... Oh, that was that was amazing. I, I feel like we all knew the vibes, though. We all knew the vibes of what it was gonna be, and I feel like yeah. you just put it together. Yeah, yeah. I I think it came out really well. It's funny though. Like I actually didn't expect. Like to, I was thinking we would actually end with Colombian mm. or, or 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 street, but um, but how it came out, I think it I think it felt really nice. But, yeah. I I think my thought process was um, Colombian Supremo <laughs> and. It's turbo time. Both have like a guitar solo type thing, so I just didn't want those songs to be right next to each other. So I think Street Cat Bob is what separates those songs. Um, but yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I said Colombian Supreme instead of Colombian Supremo. That's okay. My bad. My bad. Don't don't feel bad because we had like other names for the songs and Annalise <laughs> and I had like a really hard time remembering some of the song titles. 
Oh, yeah. Especially still, even at live shows, they'll be like, Annalise, how does Street Cat Bob go? And I'll literally be like, hold on, don't play it. Hold on. And I'm like, Bob. <laughs> oh, okay, we got it. <laughs> well, that I guess since we're on that one, um, in Columbia Supremo, there, there's lyrics where it's, uh, I believe it was, life's too short to say goodbye, social media suicide. Um, and then I think it was on its turbo time. It was talking about school safety, uh, which kind of eerily is sort of uh, front of mind. Um, I'm sure for everybody in America right now, but I mean, definitely here in Nashville, just in March, there was a really horrible uh, school shooting. Um, can you guys talk about, you know, just some of the lyrical themes on this one? And and it's the, the EP's titled Dawn of Decline, right? So was that sort of going in with like the theme of like the, just the, the more aggressive sound? I mean, how did how did that work as far as the the lyrical component of of the the music? So uh, a lot of the lyrics I wrote, and then Dylan helped co-write them. Um, but I've always had like a lot of humanitarian when it comes to like what I write. And I remember talking with Dylan saying that we should take our lyrics more in like a real world perspective, because a lot of the times, like at least for me, like. You always hear music and lyrics that have to do with like heartache and like being sad, which I guess the lyrics are sad, but in a different way. Um, so like I just wanted lyrics that would actually make an impact on people and not just be like something that like they listen to and like oh okay like this is just one one of those songs. So that's why like writing the lyrics, I tried to look up and. Well, not really look up because a lot of it was already like on my social media pages, just like real world events that people can be like, oh shit, like this, this could be this, but this could also relate to what I'm going through. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And it, it is weird. Like it's so easy to get caught up in doom scrolling. I feel like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of times I'll hide stuff. I'll just see stuff pop up and I'm like, I don't know why Instagram thought of, I would want to see this, but and and I think that's kind of a weird thing too. It's it's like I try to pay attention to stuff, but there's only so much negativity you can kind of take too, where it's and then sort of that feeling of uh and I think that's where music helps, sort of that feeling of being helpless when you see a lot of uh negative stuff going down. Um, because I remember that day in Nashville, I I actually I some friends were in town and it happened on a Monday and I worked from home because I was uh uh, I was not going to get up at five o'clock after <laughs> being downtown with them. And, uh, and it was just, it was awful. And you just kind of have that feeling of, of helplessness. But I think um, with the vibe of the, the, the musicality of, of this EP, uh, I thought the lyrics went, went along really well, but I mean, I guess just on the topics of sort of like, especially that line, you know, um, and I think, am I getting that right? Life's too short to say goodbye. Social media suicide. Like, is that, um, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Just like that one in particular where that came from? Cause I thought, I thought it was a really cool line and it flowed really well. Yeah. So Dylan and, ha Dylan and I had just finished watching, um, a documentary called, uh, the social dilemma. And it really resonated with both of us. Um, I actually had to watch it for school and I had made him watch it with me. But just like how much social media has impacted everyone, just in that like TikTok, for example, like there's a lot of news on TikTok that 
isn't portrayed on actual news sources like CNN and whatnot. And so, like, we were saying how a lot of times people are just so absorbed in their phones and not just, like, with, like, doom scrolling when it comes to, like, real-world events, but also just, like, social media addiction and just how, like, people compare themselves to what they see online. And and one of the key components of the documentary was that suicide rates went up with social media usage. And so we wanted to, like, write a song that had to do with social media addiction, but that could also be relatable to other real-world events, whether it be, like, drug abuse and stuff like that. Again, I think I think it turned out really well. As far as like the the track titles, how do you guys come up with that? Because I I know I've I've just heard from over the years and like doing like you know doing this kind of stuff or or even just you know just being a music nerd and watching band interviews. I know a lot of times there's like the working title of the song, you know, and it can come from just like a sound like maybe a certain instrument makes or just like a weird funny title, and then oftentimes it'll change to the actual song title. And these do have some like fun song titles on them. Like, so I guess my, my direct question would be like, 
did was there a difference between the working title of these and what the actual titles of the songs were? Yeah, a uh, big difference. Um, <laughs> uh, I think early on, the idea of like, I feel like you know, like hardcore uh, and like um, just heavy bands from like the like early two thousands. Uh, it was like a common trope for their songs to have nothing to do with the lyrics or anything. So that was like an early idea that like all the songs, the titles wouldn't have anything really to do with the the song. Um, but for the the working titles, um, for because uh, we would like basically just have like a jam and then do a phone recording and then to be able to keep track of what's what we would just come up with like a silly name um so i think for colombian supremo that one was uh jungle anal sizzle <laughs> um and then, uh what were the other ones night of a thousand was it night of a thousand tears oh was yes daddy yeah yes, daddy. night of a thousand tears was yes daddy and then we had uh idk my bff jill which was street cat bomb yeah. uh it's turbo time was where's nakia yeah because yeah. dylan's cat was missing at the time yeah um, oh no! She's she's returned. yeah yeah she she returned she returned okay um, good. <laughs> um, that was about to make me really sad, man. I was thinking about my cat that I had for like half my life. I was like, oh god, no! I don't know. She, she um, and then um, ironically, uh, 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 calamity Gannon, which is the first track for a long time, that was just known as last new song. <laughs> But, but technically speaking, Street Cat Bob was the last song that, that we wrote together. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I that I really like the the tempo on that one. And I feel like um I feel like Armand, that was like the I mean, throughout the record, I, I do really enjoy the the tones from the, the bass, the guitar, the rhythm, the vocals. Like I genuinely enjoyed all of it. But that one to me that I, I really noticed like gnarly bass on street cat Bob. Can you, can you talk about kind of just what you were doing on that song, man? Cause it, I, I feel like it's really prevalent on there. It's a, it's a really good, like up-tempo song, but I just the, the tone and the way you were playing, I really enjoyed. Thank you, man. Uh, I, it's actually probably my favorite song to play besides uh, Colombian, but so like, it was definitely a whole process. Like, um, Cause I, I, I always like just play heavy music in general. And like, so to, to play with Slingshot, it was, it's, it's been really cool. Cause it's, yeah, we've taken a more aggressive approach. Um, but like, I'm trying to like get outside of my comfort zone and like do kind of more like groovy stuff, uh, and stuff like that. Cause besides the heavy stuff, I love being funky and groovy. Um, but with, with that one, like, I was really when we first did it, like I was really just playing the guitar for the most part, and this actually goes through most of the songs too. Like the majority of it, like I actually solidified my bass lines like, like a little bit before we actually recorded them, because I was kind of like waiting to get like, to, for like us two or for Annalise to like really hammer in like what she's gonna do on the drums, and then kind of like go off of, like, uh, what the drums are going uh doing to kind of really uh, reinforce that rhythm section and then when um, and then see where I can actually where, where like a little lick would kind of be sound the nicest 
and what also ends up happening too is like if i for a part like oh i don't know what dylan's doing like so then i'll just i'll just do something my own and then that that kind of uh happened with most of the lyrics for for that one too it was like i i don't know what he's playing so i'm just gonna play something and then it's and ended up sounding cool but and that's that's really kind of how, how it happened because uh, but the majority of it was like me waiting for like the drums to be there and then from what the drums is doing i'll like elaborate off of that and to for like direction for song direction and whatnot like the beginning of it like i do like the chord thingy um before mm -hmm. i didn't like it was just like me just following the guitar but oh, then yeah so it it, it being like the intro and the start of the, the song i thought that sounded better with the drums and then when we when we go back to playing that riff though i actually the second time i played the same thing with you oh i didn't even know that <laughs> Honestly, I, I didn't even know you were playing during that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get that that tone, man? Was that something that that Chris helped you with? Because I feel like it is pretty pretty prevalent throughout the EP. Did I I did direct input, right? Yeah, it might be those EMG pickups. No, but I, I didn't record with those. Oh, that's right. You used yeah. your psychomantis bass. Mm -hmm. That's right. So t t tone is something I've always like battled with, and just just recently I'm actually getting to a spot to where like I'm actually liking my own tone, but when it came to recording 
actually we I just went direct input, so like I really didn't do much besides like um just playing off of the bass that I already had. Which actually at the time where like the neck was cracked and everything too. And like I didn't want to fix it until like we finished recording just to like just keep any any tonal differences just the same. But um yeah, I I I probably was all Chris uh, along with just like my the actual bass I'm using. Yeah, Chris Chris told me that he just re-recorded all your, your yeah. bass stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now this is it. So yeah, delete delete these tracks. <laughs> and Emily, uh, for you, I mean, just just as a drummer, like, uh, what was it like working with with Chris? I mean, obviously, just his knowledge as, as somebody who d does percussion and stuff as well. I mean, how, what was it like recording this with him? It was definitely way better than just recording at a studio with people that just do technology stuff. Uh. It was super fun because there's some parts that he was like, oh, man, this would sound really good here. Maybe you should do a fill here. Or I would do a fill and he'd be like, oh, it'd be better if you did it this way or whatever. And then did the cowbell. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was a really fun experience. And going off of what everyone was saying earlier, just like, what is it? Oh, man, I forgot what I was even going to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, was it Street Cat Bob? Yeah, like street oh, cat bub. Yeah. I made up that day when I first got there because there was everybody else had their parts and <laughs> I took seven takes of it and he just was like, Hey, I'm just gonna record every single one if you like it, whatever. So that was really nice. But he was super patient with that. So I appreciated that. He he did a really great job in like um motivating us and as well as just like yeah. uh being that that outside listener with uh with ideas and and whatnot is it definitely wouldn't have sounded the same uh, without him yeah yeah uh and like he to speak to his his patience um for calamity ganon uh shira and i went in three separate times uh to do vocals and we would you know she would lay down all the vocals and then uh, the next time we would come in, we'd listen back to it and be like, ah, oh, we don't really like this. Um, oh, I hate this. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, he, he let us re-record for that song three three different times. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he would always try to, like, re reassure, reassure us, like, oh, no, it sounds fine and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that he he let us do that.
yeah and and then for for bringing him in on um on night of a thousand tears which is the the second song again really really awesome of tempo song and you you mentioned you you kind of knew like okay that's the first single because that one's been out now for a little over a month i think it came out was it april 21st when that one dropped um i got to imagine the response for that one has been really good but um can you guys talk about the decision to just bring him in on on vocals on that one uh, was it just the vibe of the track overall that that you thought okay chris we we need to get him to to lay something down on this um so when i first wrote the lyrics i actually had him in mind to do the vocals right away and i even went to dylan and i was like oh like i don't want to sing this song like i wrote this with chris in mind and dylan was like oh well you have to sing something on it and i was like no no like i want chris on it and then from there like I'm, Chris is the one who was like, oh, we should have Armand also do vocals on it and have it be like a call and response thing. So like the very first verse is Chris and Armand. And so just kind of like from the get-go, I already wa- knew I wanted Chris on there. And then Chris just kind of enhanced it with his ideas for it as well. <laughs>
if it wasn't that song, he would have popped up on a different song because that was one of like the first things that I had talked to Chris about was because he, he features on um a song from the Superman, uh Defamation of Character. Um and uh we've done like a live session thing with him. Uh and yeah, I just I knew that he was somewhere on the EP doing guest vocals. And yeah, I think Night of a Thousand Tears just fit fit the most. And technically he does also feature, feature. on uh Street Cat Bob. Um he has like a really quick little little tiny line. Yeah. Oh no, no, I'm talking about the uh the like noise that he makes. The karate chop thing. No, not a street cat bob Yeah. Oh yeah, and then yeah, he has that little little line thing. Yeah. And and then he actually technically he's throughout the whole EP because he, he did gang vocal <laughs> like all the gang vocals that are on it are just me, Cheyenne, and uh Chris. It's her it's her great, man. Like I, I again I really like the flow of it too. And also Dylan guitar wise, man, like can you talk about what you were doing on this one? Because again, I just feel like when when I go back when I when you first came on my radar and we got in touch, gosh, like you said, like almost two years ago now, there's definitely a lot of experimentation, dude. Like, um, oh, you know, you. and going back to something you said earlier about the demos turning out differently. Like, there's that cool moment at the end of I think it's Colombian Supremo, uh, where there's th that cool guitar part kind of the, in the end as the song starts to kind of slow down a little bit, like. Can you just talk about the the experimentation and the different sounds and, and kind of what, what you had in mind going into this? I mean, obviously it's definitely a punk vibe, but just like the demos being different from how it how it turned out. Um, well, when I was doing the demos, I was recording it the same way that I recorded the straw man stuff, which is technically incorrect. Um, I was basically just doing like a direct plug-in and then um uh the guitar that I recorded the straw man stuff on was like <clears throat> this like Frankenstein uh, guitar. Whereas for this EP, I'm using a, uh, a Fender, uh, Mustang. Um, and, uh, uh, another difference was, um, this time around, uh, I actually recorded, uh, live guitar amps, um, for like playing live shows. I had bought this, um, Vox, uh, like a uh, twin uh speaker um and uh i knew that for ep i wanted to sort of like um how it sounds on the record is sort of what it's going to sound like when you see us live um so i made sure to for guitar stuff to like um all the like effects and stuff uh, are just straight from my effects pedals uh going at you know um out of the the amp um so it's as close to like you know what you'll hear when you see us live um so that that was my first time like recording live guitar amp stuff um and uh i just recorded it in a closet um and then i would uh export those tracks and then send them to chris um and then at the studio we did like the drums uh bass and, like, vocals um but uh as far as like the the approach to it um i'm not the most like technical uh guitar player um like i can't really do crazy solos or like you know i i can basically just do like power chords um so uh 
Yeah, we just I just made everything in a uh, E flat tuning. E sharp. E flat D sharp. It's the same thing. Um, and uh, <clears throat> um, yeah, and basically just uh, uh, winged it. Um, yeah. Well, I think I think you got to give yourself a little more credit than that, man. Because at the end of the, uh, uh, I mean, I appreciate the humility, but like at the end of uh, Colombian Supremo, like that was a that was a cool, that was like a, I mean, that's definitely not just like you know basic power core stuff. That was like a cool effect and everything that you were doing on that one. What do you remember? What uh, like what pedals and stuff you were using for that? Uh, yeah, I just use um a link on the name. I think it's like a GT 400 distortion pedal and then just some like cheap chorus pedal I got off Amazon for like 30 bucks. And then for like reverb stuff, um, it's just like a cheap reverb pedal I got off Amazon too. Um, but I don't know. I, I always view like, um, cause like after being on the tour and stuff and like, like talking to Joey from Psychomantis and like seeing his guitar playing and stuff, I, always compare like you know uh his capabilities to mine um and uh i don't think he'll be too impressed <laughs> no no it's it, joey is a hell of a guitar player but i always felt like when it comes to for one your own style and especially like when solos like it doesn't matter what you play because like, the solo it comes from your soul you yeah know? so as and long as you look cool while doing it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but it uh it you, you really hit the nail on the head with uh the atmosphere and the, the vibe and the depth with it yeah yeah you did regardless of oh, technical wait. Ability. oh you're talking about me i thought you were talking about him <laughs> oh you just some cool little stuff up here i don't really know how to do guitars, <laughs> but, oh. but he he does it on like where you tune the strings um you know where it's like super stiff the strings and you yeah. tune your strings but you like you you pick it up there a guitar by the yeah. by the headstock Billy marsh from psycho mantis oh. <laughs> <laughs> um no uh one thing i did like change up guitar wise was the the guitar that i have um uh i got it from this guy named chris <laughs> allen neon trees um and on the guitar there's a uh a tremolo bar um, so I, I definitely utilize that for some of the, some like, the stuff, um, or like, um, on 9,000 yen, there's like a, like a dive bomb thing that, uh, Chris, I think Chris had recommended. Um, and that was just using, like, just bending up the, the tremolo bar. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely did some like different stuff. Uh, I was able to like experiment more, but I think that was just um, having better tools to uh, to play around with. Shout out Neon Trees, man! And yeah, Fender Fender Mustangs are that's such a cool looking guitar too, man. Like I've never played, I've never played a Fender, but like I've always like I've always had the Schecter. Um, I and then maybe that's just because of like the the heavy music side of me and whatnot, but. Um, I, I I think Fender Mustangs are like one of the coolest looking guitars out there. Um, as far as pickups on those, like, did were, were, was there anything that like you or, or he swapped out, or is it is it just like what the I guitar? Mean, I don't know like the specific stuff. I know that he told me the the guy that customized the guitar used to customize for the Beach Boys, 
Um, oh. And the only like thing I know is that the the tremolo bar is from like the sixties. Wow. As far as the pickups, I'm not sure. They might just be the the factory ones that came on it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know the the specs. I just know that it works. So is it a pretty old Mustang then? I, I would assume so, yeah. Um, or it might it might just be the the tremolo bar is is the oldest part of it. Um, but yeah, but I, I know that that model typically does not come with a, a tremolo bar. <clears throat> and I saw is it uh, you guys are going to be doing cassettes right with uh with Dog Safe Records? Yeah, that's cool, man. I think I think it's cool that that stuff is uh. That stuff is coming back, man. Like, I mean, vinyl vinyl's been back for for a long time now. I feel like, and it's cool to see the younger generations getting into it. But I, um, from from indie bands to, you know, like international bands, it's 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 been cool to see the the different merch options that people are doing. And I think I think cassettes are a really cool throwback. Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely figured out because like with the the straw man stuff, um, I had made CDs and. <laughs> we did the the live session ep i made cassettes of those and um let's just say i don't have any cassettes left but i still have a ton of cds <laughs> yeah it makes me sad that they're obsolete man like totally totally off the tracks here but like i'm sort of loosely looking for a new car because mine is uh is pretty old at this point, but it's still good on gas, which is good in Nashville because it's just getting more and more congested by the day. But I know you guys are out in California, right? So I probably I I have, I have no business complaining about traffic. Um, but uh, but all the new cars don't have CD players now, and it bums me out because I'm like I I'm again like I was saying before I officially hit record. I'm kind of an old man, so I don't have unlimited data and stuff. And I'm like, dude, how am I gonna? I I, I seriously still have like the old case logics you know what i'm talking about in the trunks of my own truck of my car like i i've got probably i, I might have literally like 100 c's i'm like what am i going to do with all this man so anyway that's a it makes me sad that cds are going away because i whenever i would get an album like i would i would open it up you get the booklet read the lyrics as you're listening to the cd you know what i mean that was like a cool experience and i feel like it's I don't know. I mean, again, vinyl is huge now, so I guess it's not going away. And it's great to see vinyl coming back. And vinyl artwork, I think, puts CD artwork to shame. But yeah, it, yeah. it bums me out that CDs are going away. Yeah. And it, it would be cool to like, like maybe if we can afford it, like put this EP on like vinyl or something. But it's like so expensive to get those pressed. Um, but I don't know. It's like a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. I think to like print one because I I looked into it for um my friend Keith's EP and it, no Keith Simmons okay. um <laughs> no Keith Allen um uh and yeah I think to order like one vinyl it was like like two hundred bucks or something like that so um yeah until until people are willing to pay two hundred bucks for uh one of our vinyls we're not gonna print them. I got five on it. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I if I know anybody from from back where I'm from in the Midwest that could uh, that might be able to help with that because there's um if you look them up um, Culture Clash Records has been around in Toledo Ohio forever and um, rest in peace Pat he he sold me my first my first vinyl 
but he was um he was in the Toledo music scene for a really long time and uh was was so cool. I mean like the the textbook record store experience. I mean anything that you listen to he could he could give you a recommendation. But I remember before I moved to Nashville, I'm I'm bringing this up cuz I moved in 15 he he passed away not long after I moved and I I did a podcast with them back when my show used to be Bombers Breakdown and it was really cool to get them on the podcast but they were like making their own vinyls at the time and I don't know if they still do it but I don't know I'll, I may maybe I'll circle back with you on that if and see if um cuz I I think it might be his son maybe who runs the record store now but I don't I don't get home much anymore but during the holidays but I wonder if they still do pressings but I'm just thinking out loud here maybe it, it might be a cheaper option potentially um but I'll circle back with you on that man if you guys thought about potentially doing vinyls in addition to the cassettes and stuff Yeah that'd be awesome <clears throat> Well before we wrap it up you guys again thank you so much for taking the time and again I know I have said sorry like a million times and it's probably annoying at this point but um Thank you for giving me the, the chance to to listen to Calamity Gam and, and uh, Columbia or Colombian Supremo uh, before we officially hit record, man. Uh, but one thing I wanted to get into with you guys too, because I mean, Dylan, we've again we've we've spoken numerous times before, and it's really cool to come across other like minded creators and and people that are doing the things that they love. Like I, I have a lot of respect for you, man, from the real verse stuff to to slingshot. Um, and seeing the tour doc was really cool, but, um, Armand, Cheyenne and, and Annalise as well, getting you guys on here, since this is the first time that we're all talking as well. Once again, welcome to the show and thank you so much for taking the time, but can you guys talk to me a little bit about your musical journeys as well? Like, do you remember the first time you either picked up an instrument or, or Cheyenne in your case, when you, when you discovered your voice and started singing? Cause I'm always curious about how people got into it. Oh, you guys are gonna do rock papers. <laughs> Come on. Oh fuck. See who wants to you see who wants to go first. Uh man, so many people ask me about this actually, and I never know where to start. <laughs> it literally started uh my brother used to play drums and he had a little electric set. And I think he was learning how to play bass at the time and he was like, Hey, can you keep this like simple little little rhythm going on and then so it was literally just like like something and so literally from that day like i would go into his room and just like mess around on different songs whatever be like i'm sleeping no yeah (laughs) (laughs) no but uh started off doing that started off on set and i would play i think i forget what song it was but it was a morsey song it was just like something really easy or climax and rain yeah no (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and then uh from there on like i i always listen to like heavy music and stuff like that and i think the first song learned on drums was toxicity by system of a down and just well pretty pretty easy but then i like started going to hamlet or whatever uh (laughs) i started off with that type of stuff and then as i got older i started doing like drums in school so drumline stuff like that evolved throughout high school and currently i am in a professional drumline um that's awesome 
Yeah, so I'm doing that right now, and then that actually just ended, so just working on slingshot stuff. But before that, I did some strawman stuff with Dylan as well. And then a little fun fact, um, I was in a band with uh, Annalise's brother, Michael, like back in 2013, 2014, and we would practice at Michael's house, like in his bedroom. And Annalise would like sit in the room with us and just watch. So like I've told her multiple times, like for me, it's like surreal that like um, that we're in a band together now. Yeah. And there's even I think there's a time, I'm not sure if you remember it, but you guys were in my garage and I like I would always listen like Dylan was saying. And my brother had went to go get like food or water or something. And they're like, oh, play this song. I think what was it? Uh, porcelain porcelain what oh uh porcelain horse porcelain horse and i just started playing that and you all started uh, jamming on it right. yeah. <laughs> like 10 probably yeah and yeah that was like the first time that technically you and i played together yeah, yeah. yeah. that's my little journey so the professional drumline where can people check that out if they're out there in uh, in cali uh so it's like there's a whole bunch of competitions uh Mine is centered around like Lake Elsinore, but there'll be competitions around like Long Beach, um, Azusa, like different places. I think they they have like an official website where you can look at the venues and stuff, but it's usually during competitions start in like February and then go until the end of April. But technically my season starts in November. So that's when we get our show together. We figure out what we want to do. It's like an indoor percussion type of thing. That's really cool, man. That's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad you're pursuing what you love, man. And and the work on the, the work on the EP is 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 proof in the pudding, man. I really enjoyed it. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Howdy again, bassist here. <laughs> uh, but for for me, I I started playing bass when I was 13. And uh, shout out to my mom. Thanks, mom, for buying my bass. She actually surprised me with it. She like, cause I I don't live with her, and I didn't live with her when I was thirteen. She lives like two hours away, but and it was my birthday, and then uh, she like called me, and she was like, "Look outside the door." I was like, "What?" And, you know, I look outside. I just see a giant package outside the front door, and then like I open it, I open the door, and then she like pops out. She's like, "Surprise!" And it was like a whole little like starter kit like my bass it's actually the bass that i'm i use to play instinct shot that, that same one because i still have it and um yeah ever since then that's uh that's kind of yeah we have the same strap because i have a guitar as well but yours is red and mine is blue but it's the oh, same the sun. yeah thank you ah love you man <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, it was, uh, so I've been playing for quite a while, uh, 14 years now, I think it is. Um, but, you know, I just, there there was a time where, like, I, I stopped playing for a while. Because, like, when I first started playing, I was playing a lot. I did had, like, a ha- handful of, like, uh, what's it called, like, uh, private classes. And I had some, like, like summer, some summer programs. Like, I did, like, the L.A. Music. Academy, which was really amazing experience actually it was like two weeks where you just like go there and kind of just take like uh 
classes with other musicians and like they just teach you different techniques and kind of stuff and then like you kind of just hang out and get to know all the other people there and then like at the end of the week you or throughout the week you're like they put you in a band like they sit you up with a bunch of different people and then like you guys just make a song and like you get to record it at the end and perform it at the end too which was so so that is as far as my knowledge with that goes because then after that it is all kind of self-taught and then and then it wasn't until like years later that i started taking a couple like private classes again i like in Myrtle valley i like the college here but even then that was like pretty short-lived um so i never like really stayed in like the the classroom environment when it came to music but i definitely have a, a footing in it um but I've always been more attracted to like heavy music and and uh, and all that. Just I feel like fairly recently is when I'm, I'm now starting to try and get more groovier and funky and weirder. Um, but uh, I've yeah, and then I've always kind of just jammed with friends like long. That, looking back at it now, I've been in like quite a few bands now. Like with my me and my friends, we started a band like Fallout. And then it became like cytotoxic and then we stopped. And then like, I started playing with another band that I actually looked up to, uh, local, there were a local band called Exiled Force. And, um, they were a really sick thrash metal band from Reno Valley. And I always thought, uh, it'd be cool if I were to play with them one day. And then one day, like, and this was like during like when I was like in the dumps where I really, I wasn't playing, like I was just. I just didn't have the motivation at the time. But uh, Miguel from Exiled, he hit me up to play, and that kind of really lit the lit the spark again. And then from then, it was just kind of because Exiled Force and then and ending uh, they ended up dissolving. And then like right when they dissolved, uh, Psycho Mantis hit me up, and then that's when I started playing with Psycho Mantis, and then now it's like. And now, now Slingshot, and then now I have multiple other projects with other friends. Um, so I, it's been, I guess you could say, yeah, that's my little journey. I'm just trying to trying to push it out as much as I can now. I feel like I need to. Like, what else am I gonna do? <laughs> you can't well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you picked it back up, man. Oh, I'm sorry yeah. to mean interrupting at least. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just whispering. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> talking behind your back. Yeah, I was just whispering sweet nothings into Dylan's ear. <laughs> uh, no, I was just saying, like, uh, Dylan kind of did the same thing for me about, like, just being in the domes. Because I feel like every musician is like, oh, man, I'm not going to play for years, and I'll go back into it, and I can play for years. But, uh. I think this is when I was not drumming for a while, especially set. I hadn't drum set because I was like mainly focusing on drumline stuff, so I didn't have time to do that. And for the straw man stuff, Dylan was like, "Hey, I'd love for you to like be on a couple songs, whatever." And I, or it was just one song. First, it was defamation. Yeah. And so I pulled up to the studio, and my brother was like working on comforting lies, and he was like, "Oh man, I." I just feel like I don't know what to play for this one. You should just do this one. And I have not heard either of these songs either. I just pulled up and was like, okay, I guess I'll figure it out there. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's what I ended up doing, comforting lies and uh, defamation. And ever since then, like, we've been jamming and started doing live shows with Dylan and mm-hmm. such. That's it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> quick, what about quick, you, Cheyenne? Quick shout out to uh, my boy, Miguel, who hey. uh, <laughs> invited me into Exile's Force. He lives in Missouri now, and he plays in a band called Limb Dealer. We like mm. heavy shit. Pretty sick. Limb dealer, more like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so real, real quick. Uh, it's actually really cool because like seeing Armand Manley. Sorry, Dylan. I see you play all the time, but yeah. like, <laughs> I, I actually told Dylan just like how talented Armand and Annalise is, and more recently during band practice with Armand, or not really band practice, but a jam session. Like just seeing him like play bass, it's so crazy because he's just so quick. Um, but yeah, they're they're both really really talented, and it just like blows my mind. And one of my favorite things to do live is to always cheer on Annalise <laughs> drumming because she always gets so tired. <laughs> no, shut up. No, I don't get tired. I'll get sometimes embarrassed because she'll be like, "Hey, hey, hey," and I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> um, but yeah, so um. I guess my my vocals started when I was thirteen, uh, when I first joined choir, and uh, with choir we did like a lot of performances and we actually did competitions as well. So, like my choir director was really on top of trying to like grow our vocals. So for a while I, I would tell people like it wasn't like a lie like I was classically trained because we would do more like operatic stuff. So like. My vocals were more like classical than anything. And then um, after I graduated, I was in a band for a little bit, but we didn't really go anywhere. So once that stopped, like I didn't really want to do music anymore. And it was Dylan who actually was like, hey, like I was really, really depressed. And Dylan was like, maybe making music would make you happy. And I was like, no, hell no. Like I don't want to do that. And I know like he asked her, oh you should do it and I was like eh, maybe and then at one point I was going to but I just said it I wanted to be more on like the other side of things when it came to slingshot so I was just kind of helping him when he needed help with like lyrics and whatnot and then it wasn't until this year that I was like okay like I'll do it and it's it's been a lot of fun so far I have like really bad <laughs> with my own voice though so like anytime I hear myself I'm just like oh it sounds horrible and they're always like no you sound fine and I'm like ah oh, it sounds so bad she's literally crazy she's really <laughs> she's she's just crazy she's so good she doesn't know it it's, it's really bad though actually like for me like I just I don't like it but it's it's been fun and like I really really enjoy like performing and working on music with them and so like it is cool being like the music scene and like I definitely want to do like other projects and I've talked to Dylan about like other projects that I want to do as well but yeah it's that's kind of like my 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 history with music and during the like when we do the straw man straw stuff, man stuff. Uh, I think it was just on comforting lies um, Cheyenne would uh, hop up on stage and uh, split the vocals with um, uh, the vocalist that we had, um, Arwa, at the time. Um, and I think it was the last show that we did in San Diego. After that show, um, 
she came up to me and she was like, oh, I want to be more involved in the next, you know, slingshot project. Um, so yeah, to me, to me, that was a no brainer because she has awesome vocals. I agree. Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, I, I can't sing at all. And I, I'll tell you that when I first started podcasting and doing broadcasting, I, I, I was like, my, like, dudes, my voice sounds like that. So I don't think you're the only one that's like self-critical. Um, but I, I will say I, I, and, and again, I'm not just saying it's like, I really do enjoy your voice and I'm glad that you are more involved and that you're, you're, you're having the confidence to get up there and go on stage because it's, that's really not easy, man. Like, like I said, I can't sing at all. And I would probably get nervous doing karaoke after a couple of shots of some JMO. So, um, I admire anybody who, uh, anybody who, who has the courage to, um, one have the patience to learn an instrument um because not everybody is is as naturally gifted um but even even your voice as an instrument to to learn how to sing and then to have the confidence to get up there and try to like control the crowd get the crowd involved you know stay in time all that stuff like it takes a lot of uh, a lot of guts to do that man so um i'm i'm glad that you're at a point where you know, you're, you're getting more involved. Um, how did you, how did you come up with your stage name? Where did that come from? Um, so that's actually a nickname that my siblings gave me. Um, I don't know if you ever watched like He-Man or Shira, like the princess of power. And so it's a play on Cheyenne and a nickname that I, I had. So they came up with Shira. So I was like, oh, we're going to use Shira as my stage name. And it's kind of like my everyday name at home too. Mm -hmm. Do you feel do you feel more comfortable when you go up there as, as Shira? Do you feel like it's almost like an, an alter ego? Does it make you feel more comfortable when you're singing as opposed to if you went up there just as Cheyenne? Yeah, I I can definitely say it does, and that's something that even my own family acknowledged that like Shira is just like more confident in herself versus like Cheyenne but I also think that kind of stems from childhood trauma where people would always be like oh Cheyenne you're so shy and like growing up I was well there's nothing there's nothing wrong with being shy I it's weird how kids like I feel like look at that as uh because I, I consider myself like an extroverted introvert it's I don't know I just think kids are terrible <laughs> I mean, I love my niece and nephew, but I just like teenagers, especially like that 14 high school is uh, 14 to 18. They're just, it's just brutal, dude. But uh, but yeah, it's weird how people mistake either kindness for weakness or like shyness is something to try to like expose, especially when you when you get older, too. I feel like there's a lot of creatives who who are incredibly introverted and shy and music is the way that they express themselves. You know what I mean? So it's 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 interesting. I I think I think you're in a path that a a lot of predecessors in terms of music are in where where they were either you know more more introverted growing up or more introverted by nature but when it comes time to like play music that's where they feel like they can be their truest you know truest selves. And at our like first uh, return show last April um Shira was doing like screaming vocals and like like that that like caught me off guard um because they were really good and uh, she wasn't doing that stuff during like practice and, and, and yeah. 
That's awesome. What were you, were you listening to like Spirit Box or something? Like getting amped up? <laughs> Box, so yeah, like Spirit Box, Arch Enemy, like all those bands. <laughs> I do too, man. I do too. They blew up during the pandemic. Spirit Box. I'm I'm really I'm really excited to see where they keep going, man. I feel like they're a good bridge between like the stuff that I remember growing up on in high school with like Evanescence and also like the really new, you know, the newer, heavier, you know, like metalcore, you know, deathcore type of vocals. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a really cool, I feel like, bridge, you know, because her her melodies are obviously great too. But um well, before we wrap it up, one again, I just want to say thank you, but um also just keep it up with the socials with everybody. Um, you know, from Psychomanus to Split Image to Slingshot, like I know there's been some some cool live stuff happening lately and and uh you guys recently played played uh a cool live show. It looked like it looked like a fun crowd, right? Like what where was that event again? That that was probably at Solaris in Marietta. Um okay. Yeah, it's a cool little like brewery that is like the only place within like Marietta that does live shows where you don't have to be a, a cover band or a tribute band um or a, above the age of uh 40. Um but uh um yeah, that place is awesome. Um I think we have like five shows booked there or something like ridiculous like that. Um but yeah, yeah, we we love that place. Yeah, it looked it looked like a fun a fun event and a pretty good turnout and people were turning up, man. Like it was cool to see see the energy. And again, it actually it actually kind of surprised me. And and I was um I mean I'm always I'm always excited to talk to you, man. But like it was I was like, dude, this sounds way different than than the other stuff. So uh, when you told me you wanted to come back on, I was like, definitely, because it was it was a completely different vibe and and again i really appreciate the straw man stuff too i thought that was a just a such a really cool unique creative output and and even like the the live stuff that you guys did where it was um it was like more short film esque almost you know and you had like the you had the hat and like the whole the whole look going on um but uh, it was it was just cool to see you guys get gnarly live with the new uh, slingshot stuff. How much of the, how much of this did you guys play at that show? As far as the um, dawn of decline, uh, we played the whole the whole thing and then sprinkled in like three songs from the straw man. Um, okay. But we like changed up um, the bridge on ballad of a coward, where instead of like. Like before during the straw man era uh when we'd play the bridge it was kind of like this like uh surf rock yeah. like kind of psychedelic sort of thing and then now we just we just put a breakdown in in the bridge um so i think like yeah but just moving forward like uh with every like iteration of slingshot when we play that song it'll be you know fitting to whatever um genre you know that version of slingshot yeah and then um the the last thing i wanted to ask you guys and, and thank you so much well actually well maybe two things um you're like no only one more mike um i did want to give a shout out to uh for the artwork is it is it I, it's c-a-p-n so i don't know if he just goes captain watts or if it's captain watts but uh he did the artwork for this right yeah, that's a uh, Brandon Watkins, but yeah, Cap Captain Watts and uh, all caps when you spell the man's name. Um, 
but um <clears throat> yeah uh he's uh i've known him for a long long time um and um for this project i i knew that i wanted the uh the cover art to be like an actual like photo um and uh i think i think it started we were like kicking around the idea of like names for the ep, EP. um i wanted to call it like nails for breakfast which is a spongebob uh reference um but uh someone I'm, i won't who didn't like the name um so uh but we like the idea of like the concept of like a cereal box and there's like a bowl of nails and stuff like that um yeah so yeah uh brandon just did like the artwork for the cereal box and then i like designed the cereal box with the artwork printed it out folded it um the uh there's actually like kind of an optical illusion going on because the cereal box is half the size of a normal cereal box so the like uh the coffee cup and like the dishes and stuff that are also in the photo are meant for like babies um i'd like downscale everything to like make the cereal box look normal size um but uh yeah um i don't know if that answered your question <laughs> it did it did i i actually think the uh the cereal box would be a really cool t-shirt just saying i think i think especially since everybody's like cartooned out on there i think that's really cool Hi, Amon, what what did you name the character <laughs> I think the whole idea even of us being like characterized like that was started with me just saying like I want to be Captain Nut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Captain Crunch. That's my boy. Mm. Why can't I have a name? <laughs> they don't let me sing. They don't let me have a name. They just I, took me out of the recordings. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I actually I did ask everyone what serial character they wanted to be. <laughs> didn't ask you. Like what is other Uh, Lucky Charms. Okay, Lucky but you Charms. like Lucky Charms. No, I don't. Oh, <laughs> uh, I like Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Honey Smiths. <gasps> yeah, you could you could have been Diggum. <laughs> <laughs> next time, next time, next time. <laughs> like next project, kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, before uh, we officially put a button on this, um, I know it's July 29th, so it, it's a it'll be about a month out when this episode comes out. You guys are going to be playing on uh, Death Fest, right? And it looks like a really cool, really cool bill. I see Corpus is on there, Split Image, of course, Spitball, several other bands, but um, that looks like it's going to be a fun one, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to get torn to shreds because we're the least band on the lineup. There's a reason why we're opening. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited for that because uh, um, I've been, you know, through, through Realverse, I've been going to, like, a lot of, like, local metal shows and, you know, interviewing bands and, you know, just working with bands. And, like, I see them perform all the time. And um, despite, like, a lot of intimidating folks, um, they're, it's, like, the friendliest community of people so uh yeah for slingshot to be on the same lineup with a lot of these bands that um you know for a long time i've been like looking up to uh that's like a big deal for me um and i just really hope i don't mess up in front of all those people i'm sure you guys will do great man and um to officially put a button on it just with the theme of the show being 
you know, March 4th, perseverance and moving forward. Like, like one, again, I just want to give a shout out to, to all you guys, man. Cause, um, again, Dylan and I have, have been in touch for a little bit and, uh, I just really appreciate people who chase their dreams and go after the things that they love and are creative. Um, I definitely have a struggle between my left brain and my, and my right brain. Like my day job is, is all data and analytical driven. And there's definitely stuff about that, that I like, uh, with my, I guess, OCD nature at times and my anxiety gets nice when stuff like fits together. But outside of that, I've always, my first love when I was a kid was drawing. I've always loved music. And so getting the opportunity to do this stuff, uh, no matter how, uh, I mean, who knows where, where the show will go. It, it'll be cool to, if it continues to grow, but I, I love talking to like independent artists and people who are creators who are doing, doing cool things. And it seems like you guys have a really cool collective out there. So there's not really even a question in there, but it's just, um, it's just really cool to see that, that you guys have a community where you're supporting each other. People are coming out to shows. You guys are getting to make the music that you want to make. You're, you know, linking up with cool people like Chris. Um, so I just hope you guys continue to do what you're doing, man. Like, and, and I guess just with the theme of the show, you know, being perseverance and moving forward, like any advice you guys would give out there to anybody, especially since three, you guys mentioned on here at one point that you were kind of like, maybe not done with music, but just at a, a part where you're feeling uh, uninspired, but eventually came back to it. Like for anybody, whether they're, they're musicians or not, maybe they're in a rut right now. Like, any advice that you guys would want to give them as far as kind of what helped you guys rediscover your passions and be where you're at now? It's okay to take a break. And yeah, just, but um, at the end of the day, you got to do what, what makes you happy. And I know sometimes we got to put aside our happiness for our own survival, uh, if you will. But um, just don't forget what makes you happy. Uh, I would I would definitely say like take care of yourself first. Uh, like having depression myself, like the biggest fear of anything else, and just like don't lose yourself in trying to like be something more. If that makes sense, like just just take care of yourself. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know it's kind of a loaded question. I've 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 been working over the years to be more concise, but unfortunately, I rant a lot, Annalise. <laughs> I know you're kidding. Uh, but like Armand said, is like it is okay to take a break. I feel like when I would take a break, I'm like, oh man, why am I even gonna jump into something if I know I'm not as good as I used to be? But it's like it's muscle memory. It's like riding bike. You're gonna get it again, and then you're gonna get better. So. I say just don't let yourself be uh, like ashamed to try again, even if you are in a rut. Yeah, like don't beat yourself up kind of thing. Yeah. Um, mine's actually the opposite of Annalise. Um, don't take a break at all. Just keep going. I'm just kidding. Um, no, uh, I definitely agree. Like it, it is important to like um, – like self-care is important, like mental health is, is important. Um, and it's, if, if you're feeling overwhelmed, it's okay to take a break. But I think the biggest thing is if it's something that you're passionate about, um, 
I think I've said this before on your podcast of like, just don't give up, just don't ever give up. Um, and, uh, in terms of like, <clears throat> with like create creativity and stuff, um, in terms of like creativity, uh, I've, I've always said like, um, if you make enough shit, eventually someone will smell it. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, that just sort of, uh, ties into the whole, just don't ever give up. Like, it's okay to take long breaks from, from stuff, but, um, and to try out different things, but, uh, yeah, just always be true to like what you're passionate about and don't let, you know, outside forces discourage from doing what you want to do. One more thing to go with that is I've also seen people do, you know, get caught up in their work life or maybe things are happening in their life where it's just like, oh, man, I don't have enough time for this. But like, again, if you are passionate about it, you'll make time for it. And I feel like it's really important to make time for it if that's what you want to do. Yeah, that's definitely true. Cause you're like, I work full time and I'm always trying to like find excuses to leave work to do this. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I think at the end of the day, the the things and the people that are the most important to you always have time for, you know what I mean? And that's always a good way to tell who's really in your corner, too, because I, 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 you know, and like, I don't know, not to get too like uh, too in my own world here, but like I definitely even though I do a podcast and stuff, I definitely am kind of more of a hermit. <laughs> And uh, when I'm struggling with stuff, I, I become very reclusive. And then sometimes I worry that that affects the relationships with people around me because they might be like, oh, man, you know, Mike fell off. And it's like I'm not doing it consciously to be a jerk or anything. It's just sometimes it's just how I process with like my own anxiety and stuff. But at the same time, I feel like the real ones will always like check in on you. Um, but I think in life in general, like the stuff that's most important to you, you'll always you always do. And the people that are most important to to you they'll always stick by you even if you if you're having ups and downs but i think that message that you guys said of like hey it's good to take a break um because i think that can kind of help you refocus and also not quitting on what you love is really important because i think that's the stuff that makes you feel most alive you know what i mean like like you said armand we all got to eat we all got to survive you know what i mean but at the end of the day uh, i definitely wouldn't want to live in a world that didn't have music or movies or physical art you know, or, you know, comics and all that stuff, man. I, I think it's, it's so cool when you look at the, the worlds that just come out of people's heads. So, um, thank you guys so much for doing this. Uh, I really appreciate it again. I'm really humbled, um, Dylan, that, uh, that you're, you know, let me give people, uh, an early listen of, of Dawn of Decline, man. Yeah. Thank you for, uh, for hosting the EP and for, uh, having us on your show. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And I'll obviously put up the links in the podcast description, but uh, for people who aren't aware where they can find Slingshot, let them know. Um, I, Just on Instagram, uh, Slingshot. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's all. Spotify. Spotify. Oh, and Spotify, Bandcamp, iTunes, um, Deezer. YouTube. YouTube, um, Marino Valley. Mar yeah, Mar Marino Valley dot com. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah, we do have a couple shows coming up in the California area. Uh, July second, we're playing in Tarzana at Corbin Bowl, 
and July 7th, we're playing Solaris. Um, and then we're playing Death Fest at the end of July. Awesome. Well, Armand, Cheyenne, Annalise, Dylan, thank you guys so much, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully I didn't rant too much, but uh, I think you guys should be proud. I really enjoyed this, and I know fans out there of of music in general, but especially punk, are really going to dig it too, man. So I'm I'm really appreciative and, and grateful for your time, especially doing it on a Thursday night um, and working with my schedule too, man. It's cool. Of course, yeah. It's a pleasure, man. Pleasure. Yeah. Always great talking with you. All righty, dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with Dylan, Cheyenne, a.k.a. Shira, Annalise, and Armand of the band Slingshot out of California. Make sure you go follow and support these guys. You can follow them on Instagram at slingshot.band. The links to all of their stuff will be in the podcast description for this episode. Once again, Dawn of Decline, the forthcoming EP from Slingshot, will officially be out this Friday, June 23rd, available where you get your music. But for all of you lucky listeners, you just heard four of the five tracks, and you're about to hear the last one after I'm done. Shut my big yapper! But uh, but yeah, man, make sure you go support these guys. They've got some live dates coming up. You can see that once again on their socials, all of which will be in the podcast description for this episode. So I just want to say thanks again to Dylan, to Cheyenne, to Annalise, and to Armand for taking the time to come on the podcast, work through uh, the audio and the setup. Um, I think this was actually the first episode that I recorded on my new computer. I finally upgraded my equipment, but... Uh, as fate would have it, I was actually, again, this, you know, editing this, this was probably the most, not probably, this was the most editing that I've ever done for a show because normally I have one song that I'm working with and I put it at the end of the episode. And in this case, I've got five songs and I'm fitting them in and stacking them with multiple audio tracks. And, uh, so I, I downloaded, I use audacity, which is like free open source, pretty, you know, user-friendly um, audio, uh, you know, software for recording, right. For audio recording. And I've been using the same one for literally eight years since 2015, when I started recording this puppy on my own and got my own little mixing board and whatnot. So I was trying it on my new computer. And when I downloaded the current version of audacity, it's obviously a little bit different. And I was trying to stack the tracks and it just wasn't, was I'm like, man, you know, I can probably figure this out, but you know, putting this together officially a few days before the release, I'm like, I kind of need to pivot here. So I, I ended up uh, putting all of the the songs and putting the raw audio from the conversation, which I had saved on my new computer, putting it all back on my, uh, excuse me, on my old computer this afternoon, so that I could put everything together and get it to y'all. So, uh, but man, this was a lot of fun. You know, once again, I just can't thank these guys enough for for taking more than an hour of their time to to speak with me. Um, I know it was a night that that wasn't the most convenient night for them um, based on on Dylan and I's uh, messages to each other. And I just feel really fortunate and grateful that once again, that they thought enough of me that they they wanted to give me the opportunity to be able to premiere this EP on the show. 
and uh, and also that they were flexible enough to get together on a Thursday night at a time that that worked out for my schedule because during the week with my day job in healthcare I get up at like five o'clock in the morning I mean let's be honest it's like ten after five um, but I get up a, a around five a.m. to go to work every day and um, I think he said maybe Monday nights were good but I was like man you know they're they're two hours behind out in California I'm on Mountain Time here in Nashville uh, sorry if you just heard me pound my table I'm getting excited. Um, so the fact that they were willing to do it on a Thursday night, which usually works pretty well with me and my schedule because I can work from home on Friday, so it's okay if I'm up a little bit later, um, that that meant a lot to me. So I just want to say thanks again to, to Dylan, Cheyenne, Annalise, Armand. Thank you so much for your time. I truly enjoyed this EP. Man, I keep hitting my table. I got to stop being so animated. I'm like Chris Farley. Um, uh, Shout out Chris Farley, as you heard my fridge cut off, because there's a fridge in my studio, and by my studio, I mean my dining room, which is right next to my kitchen. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to slow down and just say once again, thank you to Slingshot. Thank you to all of you who take the time to listen. If this is your first time listening to the show, like I said at the jump, I, I really appreciate it, man. You know, this this episode really exemplifies what it's like when you just pursue what you love and uh, do it full tilt. Um, there's still a lot I have to learn about marketing and, you know, growing the show and all that stuff. But, but really my focus since I started, this was just putting out good content. And I, I hope that my personality comes through on these, you know, not to a fault. I hope, you know, um, I try not to, you know, step on anybody when they're giving me an answer. And if that answer takes them four minutes to get through, uh, I let them talk. Um, cause I don't like when people cut each other off in conversation and I'm even guilty of it with people close to me. Cause I'm sure as you guys can tell from listening to this, I can gab with the best of them <laughs> and that's not me tooting my own horn, man. It's just the reality of, of, of what it is, you know, but, uh, this, this show in particular, this episode in particular, I think really just exemplifies, uh, the path that I've been on the last couple of years. And, and like I said, I hope it's a it's a testament to all of you of what it's like when you just pursue what you love. You know, Dylan and I, before 2021, had no idea of each other's existence on planet Earth. And now I consider him, you know, a, a friend and, and a colleague in, in all of this and, and a fellow creative who is uh, really pursuing his passions and what he loves and, uh, you know, putting his, his all into everything that he does, whether it's music, whether it's, you know, recording other musicians, whether it's making films whether it's making documentaries, like I got a lot of respect for the guy and, and I have a newfound respect just, and I say newfound just cause I didn't know him before this conversation for Cheyenne and Annalise and Armand and, and what they shared on this episode about their musical journeys as well, not just in Slingshot, but just in general, how they got into music, you know, Cheyenne talking about, you know, having that alter ego of Shira for being on stage, you know? Um, and I just think it's, it's just really cool, man. So just know you guys anything new is always going to be scary right um anything new that you try is always going to be a little daunting because you're unfamiliar with it and as humans we we take comfort in familiarity even even when stuff is messed up you know we we take comfort in familiar messed up things more i think than we do or at least most of us than than we do in brand new things that we've never tried or done before and um Dylan and I are two dudes who are just doing what we love outside of our other life responsibilities and uh it brought us together and uh, i've said it a ton of times on this show but you know uh instagram has been really positive for me in that way that it's connected me to a lot of great people out there like dylan who are who are pursuing what they love so i hope this show 
was an inspiration to you from that standpoint that when you pursue the things that you love, you open doors that you didn't even know existed and there's people that are going to walk through and who are going to be really cool and awesome and help elevate you and your life. And um, again, I'm just, I'm super grateful and super humbled that Dylan thinks enough of me that he wanted to actually uh, put out the entire EP on this episode three days before the rest of the world hears it. So thank you again, Dylan. I have a ton of respect for you, dude. Just keep doing your thing. Don't quit. And, um, you know, more people around the world are going to continue to know you and not just you, but all the stuff you're working on and Slingshot. So thank you so much. Once again, thank you, Cheyenne, Annalise, Armand. Thank you to all of you. Once again, you guys can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod. You can follow me on YouTube at March4thPod. I'm starting to slowly but surely get stuff up on there. Video content coming soon. Mikey's got to learn some new softwares so I know how to do some video editing. Uh, but there's going to be some clips and stuff coming, and I'm excited to get into that. And once again, my website is March4thPodbean.com. The link tree to all of my stuff is in the podcast description of this episode. My back catalog is out now. So if you want to check out previous episodes, feel free to do that wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on all the major streaming platforms, among them Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, Amazon. You can tell your Alexa to play March 4th with Mike Bauman and she will. Uh, So yeah, man. Um, And once again, feel free to reach out if you're interested in connecting with me. If I don't get back to you right away, once again, know that it's not out of me being a meanie. I'm just... I've been a little busy, and I do all this myself. So, so yeah, man, but uh, I appreciate all the love and support. And to all the new listeners of the show, thank you so much. And once again, go follow and support Slingshot. This is what this episode is all about. This is what this podcast is all about, is making positive connections, persevering, moving forward, and uh, learning learning the lesson from the, the dark days to, to carry it forward to, to lighter, better days, man. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful that Dylan crossed my path and uh, that Slingshot has crossed my path and uh, that you guys just got to hear Dawn of Decline before everybody else. So uh, once again, at Slingshot.band, Dawn of Decline, the new EP officially out this Friday, 623. Follow them on their socials to check out their upcoming tour dates or show dates, I should say, rather. And uh, above all, man, keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of Slingshot, this is the last track on the forthcoming EP, Dawn of Decline. This one is called It's Turbo Time. Peace.